Chapter 10 The Song of the Lord The Lord Jesus is called the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Revelation 19.16 We consider such a proclamation to be a great exaltation of the Lord, but let's consider what this means to the Lord. The Bible tells us that the Lord created the universe with His fingers, Psalms 8.3, and that the universe is too small for Him to dwell in, 1 Kings 8.27. Our God is infinite, and we are finite. This means that there is an infinite difference between God and man. Let's consider for a moment the difference between ants and a human being. Regardless of how many differences we might perceive to exist, at some point we would be faced with the fact that there are a finite number of differences between ants and humans. If we had the ability to turn ourselves into an ant and live among the ants, would it be an honor for us if the ants were to assign to us the title of the King of all ant kings and the Lord of all ant lords? What a humiliation it would be for us! This idea might seem to be far-fetched, but our infinite God did have the power and ability to become a man and to live among us, and He actually did so. Paul tells us that Jesus took many steps that involved humbling Himself to an ever lower position. First, He became a man who was of no reputation. As a man, He was a servant who then died on a cross. Philippians 2, 6-9 For a moment, Let's keep in mind that the number of differences between God and us are infinite, while the number of differences between us and the ants is finite. In light of this, we should be able to realize that when God allows Himself to be called the King of all human kings and the Lord of all human lords, it is an unfathomable humiliation for Him to receive that name. Our infinite God humbled Himself infinitely when He chose to become both our God and our King. Proof of this is found in the Bible, where we find that God must humble Himself just to look upon the things that are in heaven and in the earth. Psalms 113.6 How much more must He humble Himself to not only take note of each of us, but to die for us and to place His very life within us? Does He not deserve to be your King in this life? The infinite Lord not only became one of us, but through the work of Christ's death and resurrection, He also made the way for a holy God to live within our vessels of clay. If we have been born again, we now have the treasure of heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ living within us, as Paul declares, We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. 2 Corinthians 4.7 The Heavenly Father is not interested in how wonderful, capable, talented, wise, or well-prepared we are. He sets His love upon us because He sees the life of His precious Son living within us. Paul confirms this when he tells us that the Father hath made us accepted in the Beloved. Ephesians 1, 6. This is a glorious situation because Paul also declares, I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Romans 7, 18. This is very humbling for those who think that they have something wonderful to offer to the Lord.
In Romans, Paul had just explained, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. Romans 6, 6. Paul calls our old man the body of sin. That man is the life we received from Adam at our first birth, and the new man is the life we receive from Christ at the new birth, and he is a perfect man. This is why we can go to heaven. Because of all this, the honest heart will see that our God is infinitely humble. Divine humility is required for him to even look upon us. But something far more incredible is that he allows the very life of his Son to be birthed in us. Precisely because of his humility, he does not force himself on anyone. And tragically, some are simply too proud to accept the life and love of such a kind and merciful God. They do not believe they need him. Also, we will see that some are too proud to be identified with a God who was so humble that he not only accepts our worship and singing, but he asks us to sing to him each day a very simple song that the Bible calls the Song of the Lord. It is very easy to learn. He has made it that way, and it is a song that delights his heart and causes him to draw near to us and to meet with us. In his kindness and humility, he has made his highway to heaven very simple. The prophet Isaiah exclaims, And an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring man, though fools shall not err therein. Isaiah 35, 8. Even a fool will not be confused about the way to heaven, but a proud man cannot even see that way, because pride blinds us to the truth. Obadiah 1, 3. What is the song of the Lord? Because of King Hezekiah, we know what the song of the Lord is. After the wicked reign of King Ahaz, who ceased to worship the Lord in the way that God had ordained through King David, Hezekiah restored David's worship in the temple. Here is what the Bible tells us. And he set the Levites in the house of the Lord with cymbals, with psalteries, and with harps, according to the commandment of David, and of Gad the king's seer, and Nathan the prophet. For so was the commandment of the Lord by his prophets. And the Levites stood with the instruments of David, and the priests with the trumpets. And Hezekiah commanded to offer the burnt offering upon the altar. And when the burnt offering began, the song of the Lord began also with the trumpets, and with the instruments ordained by David king of Israel. And all the congregation worshipped, and the singers sang, and the trumpeter sounded, and all this continued until the burnt offering was finished. And when they had made an end of offering, the king and all that were present with him bowed themselves and worshipped. Moreover, Hezekiah the king and the princes commanded the Levites to sing praise unto the Lord with the words of David and of Asaph the seer, and they sang praises with gladness, and they bowed their heads and worshipped. 2 Chronicles 29, 25-30 The burnt offering refers to the continual burnt offering, and the song of the Lord was sung along with the music of the trumpets. Through no fault of their own, there are some people who are tone-deaf. In extreme cases, they might not even notice if two people are singing a different melody in the same place at the same time. 
However, most people are negatively impacted when they hear a musical conflict. For example, when two people in the same room are singing two different songs. The same occurs when a person is singing one song and a musical instrument is playing a different song next to the singer. In the above passage, we have a very clear revelation of what the song of the Lord sounds like. We know because the historical trumpet did not have piston valves. Trumpets were simply straight tubes with a flared end. Amazingly, a three-valve coronet was not developed until 1838 by Francois Perrinet. You don't have to be a musician to understand what the Song of the Lord is if you accept a short explanation and an example of how it is sung. The CD recording that is included with this book gives an example. The Song of the Lord consists of only three notes. They are the three musical notes that any trumpet can play without using the valves. It is important to note that a biblical trumpet or a modern trumpet that does not use its valves is incapable of playing the notes of a minor chord. So, the biblical song of the Song of the Lord is never a minor chord. Of course, changing the length of a historical trumpet changes the pitch of the three notes either up or down. For the reader who is a musician, the three notes on a B-flat trumpet are the notes of the B-flat major chord. For those who are not musicians, the notes of the last chord of any song we sing are the notes of the Song of the Lord and a worshiper can go straight into the song of the Lord upon ending any song. If a person can sing, then they can sing the song of the Lord even if they have never played an instrument. When the Bible tells us that the people in Hezekiah's day sang the song of the Lord with the trumpets, then we know that the song of the Lord consists of only three notes. The people were singing the only three notes that the trumpets were able to play. If they had been singing different notes, only the severely tone-deaf people would have been able to tolerate the terrible conflict in the sound, or more accurately described, the noise. As we observed above, the Lord has made His ways to be very simple for mankind. The Apostle Paul exhorts us to be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Ephesians 5:18b and 19. It seems certain that Paul is calling the song of the Lord a spiritual song. Singing the Lord's song along with psalms and hymns is the way to remain filled with the Holy Spirit. If we love the Lord, then being filled with the Spirit is a deep desire of our heart. The song of the Lord causes the enemy to flee. I have learned through personal observation how the demons react when they hear the song of the Lord. On one occasion, I was giving a tour of the Holy Land to a group of Christians. One of our stops included a visit to Joseph's tomb. It is under the control of Muslims, and a Muslim guard was inside. We asked him if we could sing, and he told us that it would be fine. He also accepted the fact that our group prayed for a short time. However, when we ended a song and began to sing the song of the Lord, the man became demonic in his demeanor and began to scream at us, saying, No, no, that is not permitted here. He said it so forcefully that we all realized that we would have been in a serious conflict if we had not stopped. I realized why this happened. The fallen angels were once in heaven, and they know the sound of heavenly worship. 
When they hear that worship on earth, they immediately recognize from where they came and to where they are going, the eternal flames of the lake of fire. They cannot endure being confronted with that reality, and they will either do what they can to stop our worship, or else they will flee. I experienced a very similar example of this some years back when my wife and I were giving a Bible study on various subjects for a time. We had a small group and one of the ladies that attended was one of the best-known socialites in the area where we lived. She faithfully attended for many months and seemed to enjoy the studies. However, when we gave a study on the Tabernacle of David and I introduced the Song of the Lord, she was visibly shaken and she left and never came back. The demonic influences in her life could not stand being exposed to heavenly worship. King Jehoshaphat revealed how easily the victory is won when we sing unto the Lord. The Bible tells us that the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the first ways of his father David. 2 Chronicles 17.3 He experienced the military secret of King David. David was a worshiper, and for that reason he obtained the victory in his battles. So will we if we learn to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Jehoshaphat faced an enormous army of three nations who planned on conquering his kingdom. He believed God's word, and he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness, as they went out before the army, and to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. 2 Chronicles 20, 21. The Lord gave him the victory, and he did not even need to fight. God responded to their worship by turning the hearts of the enemy soldiers against each other, and they ended up killing one another. Jehoshaphat and his people needed three days to carry away the spoils. Singing to the Lord like David did will bring victory to our lives also, regardless of how strong the enemy might be. We see this truth revealed in Psalms 81, 2-9 from the New King James Version and condensed to see the essence of God's message there. Raise a song and strike the timbrel, the pleasant harp with the lute. Blow the trumpet at the time of the new moon, for this is a statute for Israel, a law of the God of Jacob. This he established in Joseph as a testimony. You called in trouble, and I delivered you. Hear, O my people, and I will admonish you. O Israel, if you will listen to me, there shall be no foreign God among you. What a glorious revelation! God ordained that the singing of his worship be done with musical instruments and trumpets as a statute and law in Israel. As we have seen, it is the song of the Lord that is sung with trumpets. When we hearken to him and obey this statute regarding worship, no foreign god will be among us, because they will all flee at the sound of his heavenly worship heard through us. The song of the Lord is a part of nature. Some readers might remember a toy that many children had some years ago, often called a carugaphone. It was a plastic tube that was about three feet long. One end was slightly flared as is done for trumpets. When the child would hold one end of the tube and swing the other end around in a circular motion, a musical note could be heard. As the child increased the speed of his swinging, a higher musical note was heard, and then an even higher note with more speed. Those three notes are precisely what a biblical trumpet can play. They produce the song of the Lord, 
and that song is found in nature also when a wind blows over certain types of hollow spaces. At first a low note is heard, and as the wind increases in intensity, a higher note is heard, and then an even higher note with yet a stronger wind. So, God is continually hearing the song of the Lord coming from His creation, the earth. Sing unto the Lord a new song. At least six times in the Old Testament we are exhorted to sing unto the Lord a new song. Psalms 149.1 is one example. Sing unto the Lord a new song, and His praise in the congregation of saints. Fanny Crosby wrote over 8,000 songs. That would be equivalent to a new song every day for 22 years, but she lived to be 94 years of age. Unless we are a more prolific songwriter than Fanny was, how can we continually sing a new song to the Lord? Regardless of the song we might be singing, after a few days, it is no longer a new song. The song of the Lord and the worship of heaven give us the answer. The song of the Lord is always a new song. As we sing to the Lord the three notes that a trumpet in the temple or tabernacle of David could produce, and express our words of praise as we sing those notes, it is a new song every morning and every evening in the mouths of those who offer the morning and evening sacrifice to the Lord. The Lord shows us the great blessing it is to blow the three notes of our spiritual trumpet over our sacrifice each day. Another way of expressing this is that we can join our voices with the trumpets of heaven in singing a sacrifice of praise to the Lord each morning and evening. He tells us, Ye shall blow with the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings, that they may be to you for a memorial before your God. I am the Lord your God. Numbers 10.10 10.